0: Rolls and I write about music on my website, myspiltmilk.com, and this is my podcast about Christmas music. Today's episode features guitarist Chaz Justice, who put together a project that resulted in Joyeux Noël, Bon Christmas, an EP of Cajun French versions of Christmas classics. Chaz was a member of the Cajun swing band, the Red Stick Ramblers, and these days he's one of the founders of the swamp pop band, The Revelers. We'll get to Chaz and his EP shortly, but I want to start today with Mindy Smith. In 2004, Mindy Smith released her debut album, One Moment More, and its most distinctive track was Come To Jesus, aided in part by a goth-curious video. It's an easy album to like, but there were a lot of good female Americana singers at the time, so it was a little hard to stand out. Perhaps her Christmas album, My Holiday from 2007, hasn't got the attention it merits because her first two albums before it established her as someone to watch, and a Christmas album isn't necessarily the one people check out to see if that promise has been realized. For me, it's the most fully realized of her first three albums and the one that presents her most distinctively. Smith scales down her arrangements and sounds intimate, so much so that it often sounds like she's talking to herself, not the audience. The deliberate, small quietness of the album lets details stand out and gives the song's emotional heft and lets the beauties of the melody sung by her voice be a real selling point. The standout track is "Santa Will Find You," which picks up the age-old theme of being away from loved ones at Christmas. In it, Smith reassures the person she's singing to, and again it sounds like she's singing to one person that you're there and you're shining, bright as a beacon bright as a northern star when she sings santa will find you she's telling the listener that you're loved and you're never alone and that message never gets old particularly when someone half whispers it in your ear like you're being let in on a secret from my holiday this is santa will find you
1: if you're far away on this holiday and you're dreaming If you're worried at all That you may be forgotten You
0: should know That you aren't alone Cause you're there And you're shining
1: Bright like a beacon Bright as a northern star So don't worry
0: Last interview, Chaz Justice, in 2015, when the Revelers were going to play Jazz Fest in New Orleans for the first time. I'll put a link to that story in the show notes. I love music from Lafayette in southwest Louisiana, but even though it's only two hours from New Orleans, it can seem like the product of a whole different world. That interests me, as does how close-knit the scene seems from a distance. Joyeux Noël, Bon Christmas, is a manifestation of that. With performers other than Justice as the top line artists on each song. He produced and played on almost every song, but he's not the lead singer or primary instrumentalist on any of them. We'll start off with a track from the album. This is Je vu Mam Après Papa Noel by Jamie Lynn Fontenot and Miriam McCracken of the Daiquiri Queens. what have you been doing with yourself since, uh, with sort of in COVID times?
1: Um, one of the the things was we, um, we got a, or I got a grant to make this uh, Christmas record, um, and actually got the grant before COVID and it, uh, it couldn't have worked out better. I mean, in in some ways I've been, I've been, you know, everybody's had a tough time with all this stuff, but I think I've been one of the most fortunate people that I know, um. In, in in the grant being one of the things, other things in my life have been have been going pretty well. But the uh, the grant itself we got before COVID, and um, and it was it was, it couldn't have worked out better. Uh, in some ways, COVID actually worked in our favor, which is terrible to say, but um, uh, because we wouldn't have been able to make the record necessarily. In August and September, which is you come to realize that nobody makes Christmas records at Christmas. Right. Um, that's something I learned about it. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened uh, that anybody ever actually made a Christmas record. It was a live record or something. So uh, you end up making them in August and September, typically, or something like that. And everybody would have been on tour. So we had a bunch of professional, you know, world class musicians who otherwise would have been predisposed, who were available to, um, to make this record so and, and and like they had everything to put into it they had been either uh collecting unemployment or working at trader joe's or doing <laughs> uh, landscaping uh, uh. um so and or all these things waiting tables you know uh, or whatever they got to do um and so we had a little bit of of money and they, they, they but they could every 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 ounce of their create and they a musician so they're you know they live for music and creating and, um, they could, they could throw everything that every, you know, piece of creativity into this project. It, it felt really good to give everybody a sense of purpose. Not that I gave it to them, but the, the project gave everybody a sense of purpose yeah. and, um, you know, that, and it, it just, it was good for everybody's self-esteem. Uh, and it was, you know, and it just gave, gave us something artistically and creatively to, to latch on in one way or another, and Chris Stafford said it said it like it, as clearly as anybody, but everybody pretty much said the same thing. He just looked at me one one of the like the second day and he goes, man, it's good to feel useful again
0: yeah you
1: know and it was like ev- and everybody pretty much expressed that same sentiment in one way or another, you know like in a different in a different phrasing of it, but everybody was like, you know, man, it's good to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing and you know, and what I was, what I've trained my entire, you know, since I was 15 years old, 14, you know, whatever, you know, my entire adult life, what I've been, you know, our skill set that we, you know, cultivated as a, a craft and all that stuff, you know, and, and um, to, be, to be actually applying that um, made us all feel useful. And, you know, and it made, I mean, I know I felt I, I was, I mean, my mood was you know, as good as it had been since the pan, you know, it's as good as and even since then, it's like my mood during the recording of that was, you know, I, I, I got up in the morning and I knew what I was supposed to do that day.
0: You know, I want to circle back on a, something. Cause I realized you said something sure. earlier, Ron, that probably outside of Louisiana, people don't necessarily know. In, like in here in new Orleans in summer, when, you know, tourism is down and the universities are out that a lot of new orleans musicians especially jazz musicians brass band musicians that they end up frequently going on tour around the states and a lot of them end up going to europe for european festivals sure and 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 i would imagine that's the same situation in lafayette that you have a oh, lot yeah. of the musicians end up either on tour or end up particularly in sort of european festivals during uh, summertime
1: Absolutely. If you're, if you're at home in August, it's almost like you feel like a failure that you didn't get your (laughs) shit together to get the hell out of here. You know, you're like, what am I doing here? You know, like your friends are in Canada and they're, you know, we've, we've typically gone, I mean, we've gone, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we've gone all over Canada and Europe and, and, and the, you know, the Northeast or California or any, anywhere, but here. And I I typically uh, until this last year had been, uh, uh, typically, gone from. I mean, I, I would leave uh, generally after Jazz Fest and be gone until after Labor Day, at least,
0: uh, right. and just
1: gone the whole time. And even even in between gigs, just sort of had you know you end up uh, if you do it for enough years, you end up with people all over the place that you would you know that you would go. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stay at my friend's house in Rhode Island. Or you know, or in in British Columbia, I'm not going back to So, like feed the mosquitoes and then go back out again. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so like you would just you know like you would just a lot of our friends would just kind of stay out more or less, you know, and and not even 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 if they're not actually working, they would stay gone because you don't necessarily want to be here. This this year, we're all kind of grounded, you know. Um. So yeah, it, it, you know, it's it you definitely wouldn't have had that opportunity to record the stuff um, or do any of that stuff in August and September, Uh, I for one would have been gone most of the time. And and when I got the grant, I was like, how are we going to get this before next Christmas? Cause we got the, you know, we got the grant came through in like March and I'm like, this is, you know, if we don't like, this is, I don't see how this is going to happen, you know, or maybe it wasn't, no, it wasn't March. It was before that. Uh, It was before the, you know, the pandemic, I guess it would have been in February, maybe early February. And I didn't see how, I, I was kind of worried about it. I, didn't, I was like, I don't know how this is going to be a logistical nightmare, you know? And you may be able to get one person in town, but it's like to be able to get all those people in town uh, would have been next to impossible. So, it's it, like I said, it's crazy to say that the pandemic worked in our favor, but in a way it worked in our, you know, sure. us, and, us and Jeff Bezos, I guess, you know? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> It it really also, it, we also had something to show for this last year, which I think means a lot that we could say that, like, what did you do this last year? Like, Oh, I just, you know, I did this and I did this to get by. And it's like, at least we can look back and even everybody who's on the record can at least go look back and say, we produced something. Here's a record. Here's a, here's a, a documentation that we actually, you know, produced something. We actually made something. And, and it represents this area as well, which this area is so, uh, I mean, this area is uh, is a huge. Ex- I mean, I'm talking about uh, Southwest Louisiana um, is such a exporter of of our culture and our music, um, that um, and and we you know we we didn't really get a chance to do that you know in any other way, and that we have you know for Christmas we have something that's that represents Southwest Louisiana. And in a way, I think it, 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 it kind of represents the, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not vitality, but, uh, um, just unshakable, um, uh, we can get, I don't know. It's a, it's a word that we all know. Uh, (laughs)
0: um,
1: perseverance, I guess would be maybe, you know, the, uh, and that uh, adaptability the things that, that people in Southwest Louisiana, Cajuns and stuff like that are known for adaptability and, you know, perseverance and, and, you know, getting through the floods, the plagues, the swamps, you know, the stuff that, you know, it's, t- it's, it's tough. It's intense, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like that's something that's ingrained in the, in the culture is that sort of perseverance. And, uh, and it comes out that, you know, we, we, you know, produce something and, and, you know, in that.
0: got the word that you were getting the money for this in February. So you pitched this at some point last year, I assume.
1: Yeah, it would have been, uh, uh, when would it have been pitched? Uh, the proposal would have gone in, I think in uh, January. I think, I, I forget what the, what the actual deadline was. And it was through the Acadiana center for the arts and a thing called art spark. Um, And who, who knows if they'll ever have, you know, the resources to do anything again, or in the next couple of years, a lot of that stuff is probably, you know, things everybody's tightening their belts. So, not that right. not that Louisiana and the United States in general was big on grants and supporting the arts necessarily, but um, this in this case, you know, um, they were able to. But it was uh, it was just really fortunate, and that we, you know, that were able to get the get the grant. Right.
0: Um, what made you decide to pitch? The idea of uh... well,
1: actually, um, yeah, it, a lot of it had to do with my wife. Uh, my wife had um, when she was um, she was uh, living in France, and she she's she works for Codafil, which is the the Council for Development of French in Louisiana, um, and so she uh, she had a teacher friend of hers who asked her to uh, translate uh, a song. Um, from elf uh baby it's cold outside which my, my yeah. wife actually kind of hates the song because it's kind of creepy and all that all that yeah. stuff. It's, yeah. it's it's definitely a uh it's not a 2020 song or a 2021 right. song, yeah. song nah. and, You know, it sort of uh doesn't stand the you know the test of the Me Too and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, but she did she tra- this was years ago and she translated it for uh for this friend of hers's class, her her immersion school class. And um uh, I think when she was, uh, she just sort of doing it as a hobby and there was no, there was no end game as far as, um, as far as, you know, like, I'm going to make a, it was just, she just sort of would hear and, and and not, um, more secular Christmas songs too, because most, most of the the religious ones have like silent night and all that. So they've all been, most of those have been translated in 15 different languages already, um, so a lot, but a lot more of the secular ones, like "I'll be seeing you" and "I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus" and stuff, have have not been translated. I think, and then she would just, I think she would just hear them and, um, and and just sort of, could listen pretty quickly and tell whether they were whether they were uh, would lend themselves to being translated. Some songs don't, you know. Some songs, uh, I was asking about Christmas, the Christmas song "Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire." And she's like, it's so idiomatic. There's so much, you can't really translate, you know, those words very easily at all because they're so, you know what I mean? They work in English because of it's so idiomatic. And so the phrasing of it is so particular, but a lot of them do. And so she would hear them and, and just sort of come into her head and she just sort of did it as a, as a more of a hobby and just sort of an interest. And then ended up collecting, um, you know, ended up having. She's got more than we ended up getting. Just the money that was available to make an EP. She actually has more of them. You know, oh, wow. as many more as are on the EP. good story, like you know, I've got a Christmas and in Louisiana French too, which is, you know, it's it's uh, it's got it. Some of the phrases and stuff are particular to this region, uh, as opposed to you know something in Fr- in France. You know, there's there's certain phrases that. That are particular to Louisiana, so it's Louisiana, you know. Um, but it just sort of came about, and then and then this grant came up, I'm like, what's the apply for it? And she had honestly worked out a lot of the logistics of it. Um, but I've sort of got, I mean, I've got a little bit of a track record and stuff like that, so I, I, it's in my, you know, in my name and stuff like that. And, and and you know, I've got a, you know, a little bit of, you know, just. Uh, well, I don't know that I look good on paper, but I look good <laughs> enough, I guess, evidently.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, so, uh, uh, so, but we, you know, she had the track, but she also, she did a lot of the the uh, logistics and the form. Filling. I, when I was reading through some of these forms, I was like, I don't know that any musician I know would ever fill out this shit. You know, like some of these forms and some of this, you know, and all this stuff about... You know, just everything about where every every dollar has to be accounted for. You know, and everything when you make the proposal, it's like everything is already earmarked for. You know, paying the musicians, paying the engineer, paying the design. Everything has got to be quantified and 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 you know and totally uh, put down on paper and stuff like that. And that's honestly, that's a lot of the stuff that I I didn't do, and I would I wouldn't necessarily see myself doing. Uh, now, maybe I would a little bit more because I can see that, you know, uh, uh, that much, you know, maybe that much work and, and that much, if you could get that much money for doing that, then maybe it's worth really trying to, because I hate right. paperwork. I hate sure. forms. I hate filling out forms. It's like, you know, living at the DMV or something like uh, that. Uh, but uh, uh, And she doesn't uh, particularly like it, but, uh, we, you know, did a lot of that hassle work, you know, that a lot of musicians I mean, I'm really grateful, you know, grateful for all all that she did because I I look at that and I'm like, I mean, this guy, like, this guy, whatever, like anybody on this record, not anybody on the record, but I'm like, that guy wouldn't have filled this shit out. Like, they wouldn't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, and like applied for it and did all that stuff. Like, we, like, musicians don't necessarily do stuff like that, you know?
0: Right. (laughs) A Christmas music person?
1: No, um, not necessarily. Um, I've been sort of a Grinch. Uh, uh, well, now I am, I guess. I made a damn Christmas record. Uh, um, I- I've been, I've been, I've, I've been a sort of notorious Grinch. One of one of my friends, uh, uh, a musician friend of mine, when he, when he heard I was making a Christmas record, he was like. <laughs> He was taking it back. He kind of called me out of it. He's like, you're making a Christmas tree. You hate Christmas. You were always so vocal about, it. you know, you'd go into Starbucks. and like, oh, God damn it. It's, it's October. What are you talking about? They got damn snowflakes on the cups, and they've got to listen to Nora Jones or whatever, you know. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I was like, I hated Christmas, you know. And and uh it – um but a, a, a friend of mine – um a friend of mine said – uh, well, the guy who played drums on it who's actually – Uh, the one person not from Louisiana on it, I just love his drumming and, and and I love, I love his hang and I love his vibe is this Matt Meyer. Um, He actually, a while ago, he said, he was like, I love Christmas music. And I was like, you love Christmas music. Why? You know, and it's like another musician that I share tastes with and stuff. He says, well, you know, uh, it's when you bring out, you know, you bring out Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong and Nat King Cole and you bring all this stuff out of the box for a month, you know, and all this classic music that is, uh, that's relevant again, for this one little window of time. And uh, that made a lot of sense to me. That was like, that was part of the reason I was like, I want you to be on this record. When the, when it came through, I was like, I really want you to be on this record because that sensibility, you know, was, uh, was it made me realize that, you know, me myself being a retro musician, you know, I'm into you know, Western swing and, and, and standards and, and old Cajun music and, and stuff like that, that I realized that, you know, you can kind of bring me out of a box for, for this, you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, so in a way, you uh, know, in, 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 in a way I kind of drank the Kool-Aid and I was really, um, I really got into Christmas music, you know, this year I was getting LPs and I got like, you know, I, uh, I started getting really into stuff. Uh, I got into like the ventures and, uh, you know, I've got like a buck Owens Christmas record. There's awesome. so much good Christmas stuff out there. Yeah. The, the, the buck one, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, that was actually the, the buck, the buck, uh, Christmas stuff is actually where, uh, belt and Richard got the one that my wife didn't translate, um, was the, the, well, there's two. She didn't, she didn't translate the Creole one. Um, and but the uh, the the one translation that would already existed was belt and richard doing uh, buck, buck Owens' all one for christmas is you right i dream at christmas
0: etelwe And so it
1: was sort of a continuum of the uh the Belt and Richard uh the real uh, Cajun mentality of of uh, translating the popular song of the day and and you know it comes out on Monday and you got it ready for the dance on Saturday. Right. Um, that you know and that and that was sort of following in that tradition and so we're not making up this concept you know sure. this is not a new concept of of louisiana musicians translating popular songs to suit their audience
0: Podcast on Christmas music so I'm interested in Christmas music but I you know I understand you know if all you hear are kind of like the same 70 or 80 songs it's pretty easy to yeah. get worn on them and it's also I realized it's easy to get worn on them just because you hear them so much that you kind of forget what's special about them. Uh, I had a last year or a year ago I had um uh, a friend who's a professor at Tulane, uh, Joel Dinnerstein, who's written a number of books on cool in America. And so I brought him in to talk about can Christmas music be cool? And so and we kind of picked out songs I thought he would probably say yes to, ones he'd say no to. And we were listening to uh, Louis Armstrong's, um, I can't remember if it Christmas time in New Orleans or Cool Yule, but, oh, no, we are listening to Cool Yule. And just sitting here in a you know in a room with that in my headphones, I was just struck by wow, what a monster groove that is. Yeah. They, they, the band is swinging so hard. And yeah. it is, you know, and again, I'm in I mean, I'm in, in New Orleans where Louis Armstrong is almost atmosphere. And it's so easy to barely, to have the songs just kind of whip by because I've heard them so many times. No, yeah, it
1: it can it can be such casual, just sort of like you say, it's just sort of atmosphere. And then when you when you um, when you really sit down and listen to it, you go, "That's a great arrangement," and the band is kicking, and that's a full on Louis Armstrong trumpet solo. You know, it's 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 got all the the elements of this. You know, and there's so many elements that like in it, you call it Christmas music, but it's like like we're you know, I, it, it gives an opportunity to play jazz, honky tonk, you know, uh, Cajun music, you know, all the elements of those of those musics that we love. You can swing hard, you know, you can be a real player. You know, there was a uh, there was a record that really that I was listening to a lot Um uh, this guy in Chicago, uh, Joel Patterson, who's one of my, if not my favorite living guitar player. He's he's phenomenal, and he made a Christmas album, and it's a lot of a, uh, a lot of it is real Les Paul esque, uh, with like kind of guitar orchestration mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and I uh, you know and I'm like if this and, and I go see him every time I'm in Chicago, I go I go see him every chance I get, and um, and I, I I went like you know you can really apply your your music to Christmas, you know you can apply. Sure all this all these you know these your your chops and your you know um all you know and i was it made me be like okay so this you know i can really put myself into this you know yeah and you know and and it's it's doable you know so i did kind of come around
0: What got me interested in this as, a, uh, you know, as, a, as something to explore was the idea that I, when I realized that a, a Christmas song is really a musician's challenge. Here is this very familiar song that so many people have touched before. If you're going to pick it up, you have to apply yourself, your, you know, your, your chops and your musical imagination to figure out how to create a version that has a reason to even exist. And you know, and if and if right, you're, and if you're right. a songwriter, you've got to figure out how to take this very familiar body of uh, of imagery and this you know, sort of body of thought, and figure out how to create something that again has a reason for someone to listen to yours. And that's you know, and that's what I listen to all music for. I want to hear. I'm always listening for someone's creativity, listening for someone's you know ability and someone's you know sort of you know musical wisdom and musical you know artistry. And in many ways, I think Christmas music is one of the easiest places to hear someone's, uh, you know, someone's chops and someone's imagination. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, I would agree. And, and you know, it, it also has a, there's a, one thing is there's a market for it, too. That helps. So there's a specific market. So it's like, I mean, you know, it's, it's there, it, it makes it uh, in a way like Uh, financially viable to make a Christmas record. So if you can use your art to make something that will actually, uh, um, you know, I've I've never, you know, I I haven't necessarily, I mean, the revelers sell records on tour and stuff, but I never had a record that you just put it online and people were just ordering it from all over the world. And it had this, you know, and like none of my like songwriter records have had, you know, not that I necessarily pushed it or whatever, but it, 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 it had a like it really caught on uh in a lot of ways there was a lot of like you know national canadian like french canadian especially press and stuff like that um that it, it you know it had somewhere to go right and so, so it, you know we could you know and it, and it takes that you know you, to make a record it takes it takes do re mi you know you gotta you gotta engineer it you gotta get you know, if you want to make a real professional record, you know, I'm not making it on my iPhone, you know, you gotta, sure. you gotta like, you, it takes thousands of dollars, you know, to make the record. Um, so, you know, you gotta, you know, it, it's, it's gotta, not got to, but it's, uh, it's good to have something. It's good to have a market for it, you know? Sure. Uh, because that makes us be able to, that makes us be able to create our art. If there was nobody coming to New Orleans to listen to the music, then how would musicians, you know, if it wasn't for tourists, as much as we hate them, uh, you know, like they, you know, that that's what keeps people blowing into their horns. You know, it, it, it keeps the clubs open. It keeps, it keeps, keeps us from having to work at Trader Joe's, yeah. you know, uh, you know, there's things like tourists and Christmas and stuff like this. It's like it, love them or hate them, you know, but they, they sort of, you know, they're sort of necessary evils in a way, you sure. know, not that Christmas is evil, yeah. but there's a lot of evil in it, you know, right. but it, it it you know to be able to to be able to get everybody to be able to do something you got to you know not have to but it really helps to have some sort of market for it right and you know uh, but it's a market for our music it's it, I feel like I do feel like everybody put themselves into it it wasn't just like oh let's just do this because there's a market for it it was everybody did put their you you could find a way to put your soul into it you know right. And I, I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't know I'll be home for Christmas. I didn't. I never really registered that tune. Maybe I'd heard Frank Sinatra singing it in a Starbucks somewhere or something. But I never registered how sad the lyric to that oh, yeah. is, and how you know how melancholy and how. And I love bittersweet stuff, you know. And then I mean, even like uh, Courtney Granger singing a Charles Brown song, you know. And I'm 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 crazy about Charles Brown, and right. you know, to be able to get Courtney. Was always, you know, I, I felt like it was a um, sort of a. Uh, I don't want. Well, this is not a good word time to use the word coup, but I was I was thinking it was sort of a. <laughs> I was using that word a, a month ago, and now I'm like, oh shit, yeah, the coup. Uh, maybe the coup references. Uh, uh, so it's sort of a coup to be able to get him to not have steel guitars and fiddles on something, and show that he he could really handle some like Charles Brown type of material. Um. And that was, you know, like it was totally like we get to play the blues, you know, we get to play R&B, we get to play Charles Brown stuff. And all the elements of that, the horns, the, you know, the the arrangement of it, all that is the stuff that we love about that music. It just happens to be about Christmas. You know, he's lonely at Christmas. OK, you know, yeah. it's a blues song, you know, yeah. it just happens to be lonely at Christmas and not at Easter or whatever. If he was lonely but at was- Arbor
0: Day, we'd love it, too.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so I got to, you know, I got to get Courtney Grange in a, in a Charles Brown context with horns instead of, you know, uh, Cajun music or something or, or honky tonk, you know? And, and that was like, you know, that as a producer, as a, as a musician, you got to really move forward with music and stuff. And it, it kind of had this uh, applicability, you know, as far as that, you know, we're doing this thing, we got this grant, we got this Christmas record, but like we get to make our
0: music, you know, we're still making our music, you know. You know, one of the things I thought was really interesting when I when when I saw the record, and this is a thing I'm I'd like to know sort of your perspective on is is like from from New Orleans, you know, I, I find that Cajun music tends to sort of music tends to come here in waves. Like I'll find out about two or three bands at a time, you know, and it'll be uh, no, it always yeah. it always seems like kind of a community of a community of musicians all kind right. of emerge at the same time and right. so you know i always so one of the things i one of the things i responded to when i when i first saw this was just the feeling again of a community record and admittedly i don't think christmas music is very much about community in the first place um, uh. you know i mean cuz it's very much kind of a, it's I I think Christmas is very, at its best, is a communal celebration, and uh, and then to have this, you know, this record that feels like here is a community of people who are all come together to to do this gives an additional buzz. And I guess the question to you is like, is you know, is that accurate? Both sort of, you know, is the community that you know sort of closely knit, and was that part of the vibe of the record that you were going for?
1: Absolutely absolutely um aside from um well uh aside from sweet crude uh who was uh, in new orleans um all of those all of those people could be found uh could be found having dinner at somebody's house or, or you know having a having a party in somebody's backyard and we you know we don't have as much uh louisiana i mean like in our in lafayette area we have uh it, well, we we all know that we punch above our weight as far as you know, uh, population and you know and and, um, and musicians and and as far as music to you know, um, but we you know there's not as much coming and going in in uh, Lafayette. People are um, there's are a lot of people from out of state, but they they very much like in new Orleans, there's a lot of people from out of state and a lot of the music scene, even the trad, you know, jazz, new Orleans is, is, I find it's more people from California than anything playing the stuff, which is fine. Um, but, but, there's a lot more coming and going. I feel like there's, there's a lot of entrenchment, but in, in Lafayette there's a lot of like, I'm not going anywhere. You know, like there's people who might move to new Orleans for a year, but they come back, but they, you know, they're very, um, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty tight knit community as far as, I mean, it's, a, you know, there's most of Lafayette we don't even deal with, you know, like we have like our, our neighborhood basically, but it's, it's a pretty, uh, I'd say very, it's a very tight community, you know, um, it's, it's a very close group of friends and it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's especially, it's it's not necessarily like everybody's playing Cajun music, but everybody, like a lot of people, have a foot in it. So there's this one thing that everybody sort of has this. They also do jazz, they also do honky tonk, but they also play Cajun music. And they end up uh, oftentimes at the same festivals because there's so many Louisiana and specifically Cajun Zotico festivals too that we'll end up at a festival in Denmark where there's 30 of us there. Right. And it's like this all, you know, like when we get back, we're going to cook, you know, like like all these people who are close back home and then they just bring the whole, and it's like all, I and mean, we had our own Grammy category for a couple of years that I was like, this Grammy category is like my neighborhood.
0: Right. Like right. this
1: Grammy, this Grammy category is within, it's sort of like within a 70 mile radius, but most of it is within a five mile radius. So there's right. a category uh, uh, uh of, of Grammys that live, that all the people in the, in that are nominated live within walking distance of each other. Right. There's a category, you know, and that's pretty special, you know, to be like, we're, you know, this sort of this, you know, tight community that anybody, anybody could see anybody, you know, there's only a couple bars, you know, there's only a couple music venues. There's not, it's not like new Orleans where there's, you know, dozens and dozens of music venues. We have like a few, You know, and they've dwindled down kind of sadly, a lot of the dance halls and stuff like that. But we don't have, so you might see somebody at any place and people were always sitting in with each other. And uh, it's, 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 you know, and New Orleans has a great interest because there is all this coming and going. And then there's people from, you know, Cuba moving in. And then there's somebody from Haiti who just got there. And there's, you know, there's like, whoa, what do they bring? Because it's a port and they bring in all this stuff, you know. um, Lafayette is a lot more kind of settled in a way as right. far as, you know, people are, a lot of people grew up, they either grew up in Eunice and they moved to Lafayette or they grew up in Lafayette. Um, Oh, you know, more so, or they moved here 20 years ago and they never, this is where they're at. You know, they're not, you know, right. They're not like Kelly Jones. Who's, you know, you know, her in, in Fuff away and all that stuff. She moved here, you know, out of high school and she's not, you know, this is like, La- that's, this is her home. Right. You know, and she, she you know, it, it's it's not. She's not going to be. She's not. Most people are like, yeah. I lived in Lafayette for a couple of years. You know, I lived in New York for a couple of years. I lived in New Orleans for a couple of years, and I was in Los Angeles. You know, like you get a lot of that, but you don't really get that so much with Lafayette. It's not like people kind of stop over for a while. You know.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So on each track, it, it just it sort of identifies sort of the top line uh, performers. I, I assume there was a sort of a core band. Um, yeah,
1: there was uh, um, Trey Boudreaux uh, Who actually lived in New Orleans For a long time uh, And New York <laughs> uh, And he's from Lafayette And then uh, he, uh, he he played bass And he actually played drums on a, on a couple tracks too He played the one On the Sweet Crew track And uh, and Matt Meyer Who's actually uh, He's actually from New York uh, Is the one non-Louisiana musician But he spent a lot of time down here and is really knowledgeable about uh Cajun music and swamp pop and, and and stuff like that. And uh really uh I'd say he's you know kind of a honky tonk specialist. Um uh, so that was the and, and then Chris Stafford, who engineered it but also played all over it. Um uh, he played accordion, he played steel guitar. He's sort of a he's sort of a he he's a, he's a he's a he's sort of a he's a lot of threats, you know, he's he's got a lot of skills. And he's just such he's got such production skills and such refined years uh, and engineering skills steel guitar you know guitar chris and trey and i you know we laid down the tracks and all this stuff was uh note that we were we were all uh everything was being as cautious as we could covid wise and stuff you know we uh we recorded we did record the rhythm sections in the same room but we all had our masks on and then um, it wasn't as, you know, as much as I like to pile everybody into a room and do everything live, we did a lot. We probably did more overdubs than we normally would have necessarily done, but we had, you know, the vocalist was in their saying with, was, you know, whenever somebody did a vocal and they took their mask off to do their vocal, they were in their own isolated vocal room and stuff like that. It's just kind of noted that we weren't just saying, fuck it. We didn't just throw caution to the wind. We were, yeah. You know, and, and, and like Chris Stafford and Trey and I, um, we did a lot of, you know, we did all the the, the mixing and stuff, and Chris and I, we, we were there for a week, and me and Chris and I were sitting there, and we were together. It was kind of one of those things like, man, it's just me and you all the time. Can we just take our masks off? We're like, no, let's just keep them on, you know. We just, we sit there in the control room, just the two of us for weeks, you know, just the whole time. And, and in a way, it was, uh, and i kind of getting off your question and subject, but it, in a way, it had a, there was an intimacy about that, Huh, that i didn't realize could exist there was an intimacy in actually wearing your mask the whole time that was that was it, it, it was it was like thinking i was telling chris about i was like this sudden an intimacy and he goes yeah you know it's like a it was a mutual respect thing you know that we felt that that really i don't know it just felt like when i'd come into the studio and you're like okay we we'll put our masks on and it just felt like
0: it, there was like a lot of love in that sure clearly sort of very different track on the, on the, uh, EP is, uh, sweet Crude's uh, right? last Christmas. So right. Tell me about the thought process, uh, on that one.
1: Well, uh, my wife went to, uh, school. She went to NOCA with, uh, Sam craft. Um, uh, okay. so she's known him since high school and, uh, he, uh, she, I guess she just translated that wham song and uh, that was the one that I that I had the least to do with uh, in that, you know, that that was what they were interested in. It's totally up their alley. Um, and then we just recorded, uh, Trey actually did the bass and drums in Lafayette and then we sent it to them and uh, my wife had done the translation and they pretty much just did it at home. Right. Um, they just did it at their, in their studio and, and it was, uh, I, I, I kind of, in a way I hope people will give me credit for it because it's so outside of my box so and <laughs> people are like, Oh, and he understands that too. But I don't know anything about synth pop, you know,
0: right. <laughs> but these
1: guys, I mean, and, and going back and listening to the, going back, we actually did mix it. You know, I did, I did actually, uh, but mostly they knew what they wanted and it was pretty much, it was pretty well mixed by the time we got our hands on it. Um, but, um, um, just listening to the mix and stuff on my, I, I, you know, like going through and listening to, okay, now they did this. And then he doubles his vocal and then she's doing this harmony and she's got reverb on this vocal, but not on this vocal. And she's blending them together. I'm like, these people know what they're doing. You know, like once you like pick it apart and and see what like all, all the specific things they did, they're like, for what they do, you know, like whether you like it or not, they know what they're doing, you know? Yeah as far as just this pop music and stuff like that, it's like, wow, you know, um, but that was the one that, you know, that was just sort of handed off most, you know, we did the rhythm tracks, but, and they, they, you know, told us what tempo they wanted, but um, they pretty much ran with that, you know? Right. Um, Which I, I, I I love it though, because it it really, I feel like it really rounds out the record. It really, it, it, it takes it to a whole nother place and, uh, and there's people who were like, oh, yeah, I don't really like that track. And then there's people who are like, that's my favorite track, you know. Right. <laughs> so, which is, you know, that's uh, my sister, for one, I think my sister likes the Wham song. She's like, yeah, I didn't really like that one so much, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know. But then, you know, uh, somebody else who is a folk musician, like a Cajun musician was like, man, I love the I love that uh, Last Christmas. You know, like <laughs> like sometimes it's, it's surprising the people that you didn't realize would be the ones who were like, like that's, I think that's the you know, like K Bon and in in uh in Eunice play the shit out of that. Oh wow, like K B it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> like they were like, we love that one. And we're like, what? Okay, like you just don't know, you know that that. And I I personally really enjoyed it. You know, I liked it a lot. Um, uh, and I and I thought it was really you know just what they did was just uh you know just they know what they're doing you know and i could really admire it as somebody it's somebody who's that's not in my wheelhouse sure
0: Thanks to Chaz Justice for the time and the talk. You can find Joyeux Noel, Bon Christmas, on Bandcamp by looking for Chaz Justice, last name spelled J-U-S-T-U-S. If you have songs you want to turn me on to or ones you want me to talk about, let me know at alex at alex.myspeltmilk.com or on Facebook at 12 Songs of Christmas. Thanks to AF the Naysayer for the theme music and thanks to you for listening. We'll finish with one more from Mindy Smith's My Holiday. This is the title track. Talk to you next week.
1: Some might say this tree's not real Cause it stands Christmas When Christmas